Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Divine Downloads Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Overton, and today I'm delighted to have uh, an old friend and an amazing human and nurse, Miss Nadine Griskowiak, on the show. Nadine is a registered nurse. She began her career in 1992. She's done it all, emergency, trauma, critical care. She's based in Oregon, and in 2006, Nadine was diagnosed with celiac disease, something she had never heard of before. And she basically was told, you know what, you might be dead within six months due to multi-system organ failure. So this was obviously a huge wake-up call. She began a gluten-free diet and her health totally turned around. And she went on to create three nursing businesses, RN on Call, gluten-free RN, and celiac nurse consulting. She has an amazing book called Donation, a nurse's memoir of celiac disease from misdiagnosis to food and health activism that was released in 2015. She is currently working on a second book. She has um, spoken on many occasions, given over 1,600 lectures to a wide variety of audiences, and first and foremost, Nadine is a patient advocate and an educator. Her mission is to educate people globally about gluten intolerance and celiac disease, empowering them to improve their health and quality of life with food. Miss Nadine, wow, welcome to the show, young lady. Thank you, Elizabeth. This is a pure pleasure to be here with you. I am so excited. So. I'm pretty sure that we met at the National Nurses and Business Association Conference mm, a couple of years ago, right? I believe that's true. Yeah. Yes, and yes, yes. Las Vegas. Yes, in Vegas. Uh, so super shout out to the NNBA. If you're a nurse and you're an entrepreneur or you're a nurse and you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, please reach out to me. I'm a Midwest chapter leader. I'd love to help get you connected to that amazing organization. Um, so let's get right to it. I mean... We could we could do a uh, hundred episodes, right? On, <laughs> on 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 your topic of expertise, but let's just back up just a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey. I can't imagine being a nurse, right? And when we're when we become the patient, uh, things definitely uh, change around for us. So tell us a little bit about that experience, Nadine. Well, you know, that was 13, almost 14 years ago now. And so um, it was it was a strange thing to have my body failing at such a young age. I was only 40 when I found out. And so, I, you know, um, being an emergency room nurse and, you know, having dealt with a lot of sick people, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to die. And then when I found out I had like this really weird, rare disease that, um, you know, I couldn't eat food anymore and things like that. I was like, oh, it was kind of a little sad. But then um, once I realized that it's not rare and it's not a weird disease and it's not, um, it wasn't going to kill me, I kind of got a little, you know, as a nurse, I was like, how come everybody doesn't know this? Why did it take so long for me to get, you know, this, um, kind of accident diagnosis. Uh, and, you know, from there, it was all learning and researching. And, you know, still my, uh, my office is covered in research articles from all over the world, because this topic is so fascinating, that, uh, you know, 
Um, I, it was life changing uh, on every level. And now I'm much, I'm going to be 54 this week and I'm much healthier as a 54 year old woman than I ever was. So there you go. I love what you said um, when you found out that, um, you know, this disease wasn't rare, it wasn't weird and that, that it wasn't going to kill you. you. It's like, it's like it lit a fire under you, right? To, yes. to help others. And as a, as an educator by heart, right. And by trade, um, that's what you've, you've done. So I would love to just, I like to like start from the very beginning on so many things. So let's talk about what would you say is the most misunderstood thing about either celiac disease, um, or gluten, because Lord knows there's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, yes. Even from the celiac specialist, there's a lot of misinformation. Um, basically, you know, celiac disease is not an allergy. It's an immune response to the gluten and glutenin proteins in wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And even myself, I'm not on, I'm on a grain-free diet, more of a paleo type diet or a whole food diet at this point. Um, my body does better and um, certainly will never be vegan or vegetarian because that would not be ideal for, um, for my physiology. And um, well, it's important for people to know that there are many, 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 many <laughs> more people with celiac disease than actually know it at this point. Uh, the WHO looks, which is the World Health Organization, looks at the burden of disease of celiac disease worldwide. And I can only tell you that this is an enormous uh, population of people that are going to, at some point, be diagnosed with celiac disease. Uh, interestingly enough, because it's considered to be a genetic, uh, I'm, I'm going to say disorder, but I don't mean it. Uh, related to eating wheat, barley, rye, and oats, um, 30 to 50% of the population actually carry the genes, the DQ2 and or the DQ8 genes that are associated with celiac disease. So maybe not every one of those people will develop celiac disease, but they certainly are at risk for it at any point in their lives. Okay, this is so fascinating. So um, 30 to 50% of the population carries the gene, either the DQ2 or the DQ8. Um, so for somebody that's, um, what is somebody, like paint us a picture, like for somebody that definitely has this, you know, celiac disease who maybe they don't know they have it yet. And like, what are, what do they look like? What are they feeling like? What are their symptoms? So people might have a visual and obviously everybody's different, but like if there was a, you know, three symptoms that might be pretty common. Uh, that's really, <laughs> it's um, because it's so varied, which is why I find it fascinating as a nurse. It can be um, primarily neurologic. So some people can present with migraine headaches or neuropathies, you know, numbness or tingling. Other people can have GI issues. Uh, they can have weight loss or weight gain. Um, anemia, chronic anemia. So if people are getting iron infusions or they are chronically anemic, especially men, uh, osteoporosis, 
because the damage in your intestines actually leads to malabsorption of all nutrients. So, you know, for somebody that's maybe taking vitamins, but their levels are always at the low end of normal, those are really good signs that people need to be tested. Oh, I love this because I couldn't wait to get to the, um, let's talk about these two words, the gut microbiome. <laughs> and before, before we started, I was sharing with Nadine that uh, this past weekend, um, I, have, I have like five houseplants that haven't actually been put into their oh. own pot yet. And I, I, I was telling Nadine, I, I put my hand in the dirt and the soil. And as soon as I did that, I legit felt like, well, a kid in the candy store, that's not too healthy. But I was so like I felt I, like I want to be one with the earth. And so it's a very grounding thing. And so, you know, there's all this talk about kids. Well, our kids are so nature deprived and mm -hmm. there's such a correlation between kids that, you know, are raised on farms or where there's, they're digging in the dirt, they're way healthier. And it's all relates to the gut, right, Nadine? Absolutely. And the microbiome, as you said, uh, you know, I've already been out playing in the dirt this spring and it, while well, everybody else is out buying hand sanitizer, we're out playing in the dirt um, because wait, that wait, I gotta get an amen on that. So important to our health and building a healthy uh, and diverse population of microbiome, not just in your intestines but on your skin, is is so healthy for your immune system that I don't know anything other than playing in the dirt that would be more better for us for us as far as um building our immunity against things other than of course changing your diet and making sure that your intestines are optimized for you know intestinal health so, so goes together it's so it's so linked up and and i wonder like would you say i don't know if there's research about this like the the huge disconnect between what our kids now have um you know, they're so addicted to, to technology and they're not in nature. Is like, is there a correlation between, um, it's like they're, they're missing that vital um, activity that promotes healthy gut bacteria and obviously being in nature and being with the elements. Mm -hmm. Is there some correlation between that huge disconnect and like how sick people are and this whole leaky gut thing? Oh, I would say absolutely. You know, it's all epigenetics. It's our environment. It's the, um, it's what we consume. It's everything that we're exposed to and how it interacts with the genes we already have. So it's epigenetics. And when people are deprived of nature or dirt or microbiome, and sometimes that's even from the birth process, you know, from a C-section versus a vag birth or bottle fed versus breastfed, uh, that actually sets the, the very basis of our diversity of our microbiome and everything else. So it's no wonder people are having and getting diagnosed with many autoimmune diseases or their immune system isn't working correctly, or they're ending up with multiple allergies that just don't make any sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the, explosion of allergies and asthma and and mm -hmm. like you're saying the autoimmune is just so fascinating so let's talk about what can people do obviously digging in the dirt is an amazing thing but like if you had a couple things to offer people whether it be related to their specific nutrition or or ways for people to be well especially in the environment that we're living in with lord knows we have so much pollution 
um, not only of the air, but of the earth. Um, I mean, we could do Lord knows, don't even get me started on <laughs> agricultural stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about, you know, what can we start doing, uh, to protect ourselves, our kids, the earth? Well, I, I would say if you can, and if you have access to it, please choose or find organic fruits and vegetables because even in the absence of celiac disease, glyphosate or the Roundup will cause a leaky gut. It's what it's meant to do to the bugs that eat the um, pesticide. So if you want to heal up your, your gut, number one, choose organic foods and then avoid meats that are um, not grass fed. So things that are meat that is uh, factory farm raised and given antibiotics and hormones, those antibiotics and hormones, once you eat that meat, will then become a part of you and influence your microbiome and your intestines. So it's about, a lot about the food you eat, but you know, then also adding foods that are alive, such as kombucha or fermented foods in any form. So foods that are really alive. In 1963, they started irradiating food because it extends the, the shelf life. So things like apples that look like they're alive might actually have been irradiated. So the more um, foods that you can get that are alive that will feed your microbiome, uh, the, the better off your immune system will be. Okay, this makes me think of probiotics. Oh, yeah. Talk to us about, um, there's obviously, there's so many different supplements just of um, probiotics, prebiotics. Can you tell us about like what foods are, are probiotic or prebiotic? And what would you say about the supplements themselves? A lot of the people that I do consultations with have to take supplements at least for a while. Um, because they've been so depleted and they have to build up their stores again. But it's also healing the intestines like we were talking about. We, and we do that with food, essentially things that, again, foods that are alive. There are some products that I do like more than others. So if you have to take a probiotic, there's Dr. O'Hara's, which is, you know, most of the local um, vitamin stores will have them. Um, that's a good product. And then I also really just encourage people to do kimchi or, um, like I said, foods that are alive and full of good microbiome. And, uh, if you're looking for things that are going to feed the, the high population of microbiome in your intestine and in your, in colon, your colon especially is the the megalopolis of microbiome, but you need to get some foods there to actually feed those microbiomes. So things like yacone, which is a tuber, uh, we have access to it here in the Pacific Northwest, but it's something you might want to look for or grow. And it's spelled Y-A-C-O-N. Doesn't even rhyme with bacon, which is sad, but uh, it's yacone. And there's other foods that are um, resistant starches that will feed those microbiome in your colon. Even things like white potatoes will form resistant starch. If you boil your potatoes or cook them and then put them in the refrigerator, that process of just cooling them down 
will actually cause them to develop a resistant starch, which will reach your colon undigested and feed those microbiome. Fascinating. Isn't the human body, I'm just, every day I'm like, seriously, it's crazy what, uh, what the body can both tolerate and heal from, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that's okay. So why A-C-O-N? I'm imagining like a sweet potato when you, what's a tuber again? A tuber, it's sort of, um, it's just a, a tuber grows underground and it's typically a starch. Okay. So sweet potatoes, um, potatoes, legumes actually grow under the ground like peanuts. Um, but the yukon is a, I think it's, I know it's from South America, but I can't remember specifically where. Um, but it's, it basically looks like, uh, it doesn't taste like much. I always put lem or lemon or lime juice on it and a little bit of salt. And I never peel it. I just eat it with the skin on again, because I know they're organically grown and um, they're good for me. So Yukon mm -hmm. is super good, but find something in your area that is a resistant starch. And I highly recommend that people um, start to eat those things. Now, and I do want to say, keep in mind that I used to eat a standard American diet, which is also referred to as SAD, uh, S-A-D. And this was a huge shift for me, but it was completely necessary. And everything I thought I knew about food was, was either incorrect or a half truth. And my taste buds changed in, with my microbiome because I was feeding microbiome that weren't necessarily good for my health. And now that I'm eating better and I'm feeding my microbiome, uh, my different microbiome, by the way, <laughs> better things and better food, they are helping me feel better also. This is so good. So when you're talking, I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you, well, I will ask you, what, what were like some of the things that you started noticing right away? I'm getting like mental clarity for some reason that's coming up. Yes. <laughs> As you as you cleaned up your diet uh, in a way that you know healed your guts, um, what kinds of things did you notice, Nadine? Well, as you said, mental clarity right away. That brain fog that I didn't even know I had <laughs> went away, and um, my joints didn't hurt anymore, and my muscles. I, I I actually had this profound weakness that I was like, what is up with that? I would be clapping at, you know, a performance of either my children's or at a play or whatever. And I was getting tired just clapping. It was the weirdest thing. And um, I slept better and my gut didn't hurt anymore. I always felt like I had a brick right in my epigastric area. Um, I lost a lot of just... Uh, water weight because I was retaining fluid in my lungs and in my legs and my skin started to clear up. I had what is referred to as DH or dermatitis herpetiformis. It's this horrible rash and that started to go away. So pretty quickly my body was like, oh, you've taken away the thing that is poisoning us and now we can start to get better. Stand back. Wow. Yeah. I love how um, there's such a huge disconnect between, uh, you know, the largest organ in the body, the integumentary, the skin, right? And, and the gut. It's like, uh, you can put all the cream you want on your skin, but until you change uh, what's going in on the gut, <laughs> good, good luck. luck. 
Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Your skin is an external expression of whatever's going on internally. So if your skin is rashy and itchy and painful and broken out, then your intestines look like that too. <laughs> Just want to point that out. That's a great visual. Okay, so when you're talking about kimchi, the seaweed count, I know it's not a quote live food, is it? Well, it can be. Um, it depends on how it's processed. Uh, and it's also a good source of iodine. Let me just mention iodine because yeah. for nurses, it's especially important uh, to know about it because people actually die of iodine deficiencies. And they used to put iodine in salt. Well, they still do iodized salts. They put it in Morton salt beginning in 1926 because people were ending up with thyroid issues and especially goiters. So the interesting thing about iodine, number one, if you have celiac disease or an impaired um, gut lining, you're not going to be able to absorb it. But the, the interesting thing is seaweed does contain iodine. But because everybody changed their salt, you know, everybody uses um, different salt now, either Himalayan salt or sea salt, or, which doesn't contain iodine. So I encourage people to get their iodine level checked. And you can look on the WHO website, the World Health Organization website, and look up iodine, and you'll find out lots of really interesting information about iodine and what a deficiency can cause, which is none of which are very good. I'm just thinking of rickets, like from nursing school. Um, isn't that associated with low iodine? It can be, but it's primarily, um, rickets is primarily a deficiency in vitamin D, magnesium, and calcium, which by the way, I still see rickets every day, <laughs> which means that the people with rickets were malnourished when they were toddlers, and that's when rickets formed. Wow. Okay, so let's, I, I want to, um, since we're talking about the gut and it's so important, listen, right now with the coronavirus, like you already mentioned, instead of getting Purell, you're digging in the dirt, which yes. I'm all in that camp. Let's talk about, can you explain to people um, how basically isn't your immune system housed in your gut, which is why it's so yep. important. The number one thing people are saying other than wash your hands is freaking eat healthy. Can you kind of, you tell a little bit about how that works? <laughs> Sure. I've been teaching about this for about uh, 13 years now because I realized right, you know, right off the bat that intestinal health um, is incredibly important. We didn't pay any attention to it in the emergency department very much unless something was exploding um, or impacted. So you, 70 to 90% of your immune system is in your intestines. So if your intestines are leaky or um, inflamed or just generally unhealthy because you're eating a poor diet, your immune system is impaired. So if, if, you, um, if your immune system is impaired, you're more likely to get colds or flus or the coronavirus. Um, so that I've been really talking extensively about, to people about making sure that their gut health is optimized that their intestinal wall is, is healed and the inflammation is gone and that your immune system is working optimally. Best advice ever. Um, yeah, I, when I went to nutrition school, I was like, wait, what? 
but yeah. it makes it makes sense. Like um, I'm a very visual person. I loved the explanation of if you ingest a food and you think about your immune system is literally like uh, they're on the defense, right? They're in there waiting and they, they got their weapons ready. And so if you ingest something that the gut doesn't like, or your immune system doesn't like, it's going to start firing off the cannons. Maybe it's itchy, itchy eyes or itchy skin, or you feel bloated, right? It's like, when I heard that, I was like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> and it, yes. go ahead. Well, it's, you know, I, I talk to people a lot now about integrative medicine or functional medicine, really looking for the root cause of what's causing the outward symptoms or how you feel. And that is everything from depression to anxiety and um, difficulty sleeping to restless leg to autoimmune issues, especially type 1 diabetes and MS. Um, there's a lot of genetic overlap with all of these other autoimmune issues and celiac disease that people just really truly do not understand um, how much they overlap uh, genetically. So really looking at the root cause of all of those autoimmune issues and why people have allergies and then you know, like I said, getting rid of the inflammation, treating people with food appropriately, and um, making huge health progress as opposed to just accepting that your body's going to always be this way because, you know, that's just what happens to people. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's, and that's where, you know, Bruce Lipton and epigenetics, um, yeah. I mean, he, he proved that um, in his research like you were saying, it's not the, it's not your genetics. It's not your DNA. Like that's your blueprints, right? Your mom has diabetes. Well, it's the actual environment of the cell. So, you know, yes. if, you, if you have an argument with your boss or you're going through a divorce or somebody dies and you have these major stressors, that's affecting the livelihood of the cell. So it's not just that your genetic blueprint says diabetes, heart disease, blah, blah, blah. It's like how you're showing up to the stressors in your life. So, um, so, so important, which I think um, when you're talking, Nadine, I'm thinking of like, it seems like as humans, we have all these stressors, these external stressors. And then um, we, our coping skills are inappropriate or inadequate. So then we just start putting drugs on top of them, food, alcohol, numbing, you know, numbing agents. And then, and then it's like, we just want to be like, well, we just want to wake up and be like, okay, I'm ready to feel better, but we don't want to do the work. Yes. And you know, some people will change um, when something catastrophic happens or they have to change, but prevention, you know, really, if we're as nurses, we're going to talk about prevention. We really need to talk about intestinal health for so many reasons. And I, you know, it took me a long time to understand that. But once I got sick and I was like, oh, uh, changing my diet completely changed my body composition and my health and my outlook on life. And, you know, uh, now I run marathons and I'm climbing mountains completely different than being dead. Oh my gosh. So basically anything is possible and the body absolutely has the capacity to heal when we mm -hmm. provide it the opportunity, right? Which means yep. 
healthy gut, healthy nutrition, healthy movement. Um, I, I think I'm really obsessed with the mindful eating thing because I think um, if you're actually already in stress, which if you're a nurse, you're already in stress. If you're a human and you live on this planet right now, you're in stress. <laughs> right. And so if we can, when I was in nutrition school, Josh Rosenthal, the, the founder said, um, everybody's on the road wire diet. Like, what the hell is that? Oh, it's when you eat in your car. Just like you're totally absent. You're just like, blah, like stuffing your face. Well, if you're already stressed and then you're eating in a stressed way, you're not going to get the freaking, even if you're eating kale chips, you're not going to get the, the absorption of the nutrients because your gut, all the blood's going somewhere else for, to run right. away, you know? Yeah. So levels and IELs, everything. So let's talk about what should people do? If people are listening, they're like, oh my God, my skin. Yes. My, my gut, my, where can people go? Tell them about your book. Tell them about all the resources. Well, I have a podcast that's on my website, glutenfreern.com, and it's free. There's 74 episodes up. I haven't done any more in a while because I've been working on a second book. The website, I mean, excuse me, the podcast is also on iTunes and Stitcher. It's everywhere. Um, I have a book, The Donation. Thank you for mentioning that. And working on a second one, which is much more of a textbook and or a crossover book, there'll be um, the scientific explanation of celiac disease, the way it should be, and um, also some clinical stories, case studies, and whatnot about people that are getting better, or people that, you know, honestly, that uh, chose not to do or to stay on a gluten-free diet, and they died. So I, <laughs> it's really uh, not very old either. Um, so people make choices and I just, we just really wanted to point out that, you know, there are consequences sometimes for, um, our choices that are not ideal. And we all want to live really healthy, productive lives, but our bodies have been trying to compensate for a very long time. And at some point they're going to give up either, you know, they either slowly degrade or they very quickly hit the wall and then you're done. So our, my job is to work with people to prevent that. And so I also provide consultations, um, either via phone or Skype or in person. I review people's labs and do all the things that uh, should be done for anybody newly diagnosed with celiac disease or somebody that is uh, exploring the diagnosis of celiac disease for themselves or their families. Awesome sauce. What's your website, young lady? It's glutenfreern.com. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. I am trademarked as the Glutenfree RN. And so anywhere you look, you're pretty much going to find me. Okay. I'm so glad. I was about to say, I hope that's trademarked. Of course, it's the Glutenfree RN. So <laughs> <laughs> I would love to shift gears just for a second. Um, because you are, you have been an entrepreneur for a really long time. Yeah. And since this show, a lot of people that are listening may be entrepreneurs or they want to be an entrepreneur. Is there a little wisdom or nugget that you'd like to share about, you know, the, the role in the life of an entrepreneur? Well, it can be very um, rewarding and it's a lot of hard work. 
and you have to be prepared for so many different things. It depends on how you structure your business and what you're actually uh, providing either as a service or as a product. So it's, it's difficult sometimes and you have to just get through those difficult periods of time if you want to succeed. So, you know, it's, it's all over the board. And not everybody's going to be supportive, and but find your tribe of people that are supportive, like you. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, for being such a, a great supporter and, um, you know, just even just communicator. You're, you're amazing at that. So uh, if you want to do it, I highly recommend that you just start now. Just be an entrepreneur. Take that leap because... Uh, it's one of those things, if I hadn't done it, I always would have regretted it. And now I have that under my belt. And it's a pretty impressive thing to have on your resume. Ah, I just got angel bumps. Okay, so <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, I, I don't know if it's, it goes around on Facebook. It's, it's the life of a, you know, a normal human and an entrepreneur. It's like the linear line of oh, uh, regular yeah. human and then entrepreneurs like up and down, up and down, so labile. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love what you said about um well a couple things. One thing is it feels like in like the coaching industry and the entrepreneur industry, there's a lot of like talk about how many figures and it's all about the money and there's a lot of like highlight reel stuff going on. And so a lot of people that are maybe just in the genesis or the beginning stages like look at that and go oh that's so attractive and oh this looks so easy and i just want to say like you're saying sometimes you don't see the freaking dark night of the soul when people are like what the hell did i decide to do this for right and and then you have a huge uh celebration with the clients or you know something it big or small happens and you're just like wow like this is something that i cultivated created you know from the depths of my soul and so there's never like uh, Angie Lee. I love her. She says, "Ready is a lie," and I couldn't agree more. Mm, yeah, isn't that so good? Like, who the now is the right time? Like, there's never a quote good time to do anything, <laughs> except for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Annie Lamont said the same thing. Just you know, don't prepare. Just do it. <laughs> it's so true because uh, the mind will uh, give you sixteen and thirty hundred million reasons why you shouldn't yeah. do it. So. Um, I also love what you said about find your, your, your support group, your, your people, because it's interesting how you can think, oh, I'm going to do this. And I know that this person will have my back and that person. And then lo and behold, you do it. And it is dumbfounding. Like the people that you think might support you are like the naysayers. It's like, you really have to have like triple thick skin, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Not even triple thick. It's going to be like 20 times thicker. Because you really do have to let a lot of things um, flow off your back and just be like the Teflon person. Um, But, you know, then I get, just when I'm like completely depleted, somebody will call me or text me or, uh, you know, just send me a message or a card or anything that, you know, I help save their life or their family's lives. And, you know, just by identifying or, you know, doing a consultation or something, people get better. And there's no greater reward as a nurse and as a person, I think, than actually helping people get better and improve their health. 
I love that so much. And I highly, inc- I, lo- I learned this from one of my favorite teachers, Luke Seward. Um, I took his holistic stress instructor certification and it's to have a swipe file. Um, he has one both for humor and one both for, um, you know, kudos and testimonials because yes, when you're having the dark night of the soul, we forget, <laughs> you know, and, and like we're as nurses, dude, we're seed planters. We, we touch so many lives and we don't ever see. And so unless they take the time to contact us, we, we have to remember we're seed planters. We're doing great work. And if we feel down and out, have like a swipe file of all your kudos and kisses and, and all the things, because that's, that's what it takes to keep going, you know? Yeah. That's a great idea. True story. True story. Okay. So I think this would be a great way to, to wrap things up. What would you say, um, was there something that you had to let go of or give up to become the Nadine that you are today? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a really big question, Elizabeth. Of course there was a lot I had to give up. Um, um, you know, people, uh, I had to let go of people and relationships that were not, uh, they weren't my people anymore. And that can be really hard. Um, people that didn't want to be my friends anymore because, <laughs> because I changed my diet and you have, you know, I have to say, were they really my friends to begin with or were there other things? Um, I totally morphed into a different person. And of course that is a painful experience uh, at its core. So I got divorced. I have new and different worldwide friends. I, my world is bigger. I will tell you that. Um, but yeah, there, there are things that definitely changed, which looking back, I'm very grateful for, but it was difficult to go through some of those things at the time, but you know, it's a trade-off and I'm much I'm much happier where I am now than I ever could have been if I stayed where I was. And of course I would have been dead. So, so changing was necessary and it was, it was imperative. It was vital. I love that you said your world is much bigger. I mean, what a great, like the lens through which we see the world, right? When you, yeah. the whole time I'm, I'm hearing you, I'm thinking of basically uh, a physical, mental, emotional, psychological declutter. Yes. Right. Because um, in my experience, and I think you mentioned this, is that like uh, people don't realize until they're without something, like how bad or how negatively something is affecting them, such as food. Yes. <laughs> right. It, it's like, you don't know what you don't know. When I was off coffee for a year, I was like, wait, when I walk up the five flights of stairs, when I used to work at my day job, like I would get a little bit of like, um, my heart rate would be elevated. And then I would notice like, well, shoot, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like shaky. I was like, what? And then when I wasn't on, I was like, oh my God, my heart rate is like so chill right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, thank you for uh, ditching your loser friends who didn't want you to be gluten-free <laughs> RM. <laughs> because... Your frequency is amazeballs and I love the work that you're doing. And um, it's so, yeah, you're just, you're a bright light in the world. And so you're helping so many people. I know that people are going to be 
wanting to get tested, listening to your podcast, buying your book. I actually, so cool. So, the synergy is just, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> I, I have a dear friend who one of her kids is having some issues. I was like, oh, I was like, I have a book I have to give you and it's your book donation. Oh, terrific. Oh, I love the stories. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, uh, so the nugget of the show is keep going. You're in it. Even if you're not a nurse, you, whoever you are, and if you happen to be a woman, you're, you're touching at least a hundred people, I believe in your immediate circle. And when you do the work on yourself, you're healing everybody in your circle, uh, because you're, you're changing the energy, you're, you're changing the epigenetics. So I just want to thank you for your work, Nadine, and for talking to me today. Thank you, Elizabeth. This has been great. I, it's a great way to start the day. Woohoo! So I will put um, all the things in the show notes and um, so people can um, find you on the socials and consult with you, listen to your podcast. Do you have any, um, do you know when the book's coming out? No. Uh, we're still in the final processes of uh, reviewing everything and having it reviewed. So I would suspect it's going to be another nine months to a year. I know that sounds long, but really it's taken a long time just to get here. Oh no, I don't even, I, kudos to you. That's, that's incredible. So we'll look forward to seeing that come out. Are there any um, conferences or any upcoming events that, that you have that you want to give a shout out for? You know, I would love to, but I don't know that they're going to be uh, available because things right now are getting canceled left and right. So, uh, well, I would love to give shout outs to the conferences up in, you know, I will nourished up in Portland, Oregon. I'll be speaking there and um, a couple others. But I'm, like I said, I'm still waiting to see if the um, if those events are going to happen. Okay, no problem. So people can check out your your website probably um, for those details. Yeah. And uh, honestly, if um, nurses or hospitals are interested in me bringing my eight hour course to your area, please just contact me. The, if the hospitals sponsor the course, then I will happily go anywhere with the, the eight hour and it's up to 16 hours of contact uh, or continuing education hours for nurses and healthcare providers. Well, and if you care about the bottom line, oh, and if you run a hospital, um, you might want to get your nurses there because if they have a healthier gut, then they're going to have less absenteeism. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> Increased productivity, everything. So it, that'll, that'll be a, as a webinar pretty soon and also online. Well, that's a lot like, of hours. That's awesome. I know. It's, well, there's a lot of material. So cool. Well, Miss Nadine, uh, this has been such a treat. I'm actually probably going to go get tested uh, pretty soon based on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for your wisdom, for your energy, for all the work that you're doing in the world to really, you know, you're, you're a disruptor. You're bringing really important thing. And for writing this book, this is huge for the, you know, the community of humans and also in the healthcare realm for serious. Yeah, it is. It's disrupting information for people to hear. And I appreciate that. But it is very, very necessary. And I wouldn't be doing this work if it if I didn't understand the importance of it. Without a doubt. So congratulations on all of your, your how many years has it been now? 13 and a half. Woo, that's lucky. 
Yeah. <laughs> so uh, congratulations. And um, anything else before we sign off? I think that's it. And I just really want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any questions, you can please feel free to contact me. And I'll also make sure, Elizabeth, that you get the handouts I give people, which is the recommended labs and things to get tested. Wow, that's an amazing resource. Well, thank you again so much. And um, here's to digging in the dirt and not having to use Purell and obviously washing <laughs> the hands. <laughs> and um, uh, also thank you to the listeners. This is a, a passion project. I hope that you're getting some benefit. And if you are, please go over to iTunes, write me a review, send me a little love note and let me know what you're loving about the show, what you want to hear more about. Until next time, keep taking great care of yourself. And remember, even on the days where you feel like a total loser and like you're not supported, I promise you are. Just keep, in those, keep taking those baby steps. And until next time, peace out. Bye-bye.